The Chris Burns Show, powered by Dynamic Money, creating personal financial plans built for life. Hello, welcome to The Chris Burns Show. So good to have you along this Sunday afternoon in what's been one of the craziest weeks in the market we've seen since 2008. Now, that's true even last week. And so now two weeks of incredible volatility. What are you doing? How are you handling this? I think so many of us don't want to talk about this. We're like, we've heard all we hear wall to wall is coronavirus coverage. Literally, as I was walking in listening to the news, all the news is surrounding the coronavirus. Are we going to be okay? Is it going to be this massive epidemic? What's going to happen to us? And so here I come with a financial show. What are we going to talk about the coronavirus? And a lot of you are going, oh, man, that's all we've been hearing about. And yet, what are you doing specifically as it relates to to your finances right now. And if you haven't done anything yet, if you've just done the whole, you know what, I'm just going to ignore it, we're just going to let it ride, I'm going to let... What have you been thinking about doing? What have your family and friends been doing? I'd love to hear your actual real response, and then I want to give you some tangible thoughts on what you can do in the midst of this, because it doesn't matter if it's the coronavirus or geopolitical issues or that you lose your job. Life is going to happen. Holy cow, friends, two and a half weeks ago, February 19th, two and a half weeks ago, we had... Mike Bloomberg as a viable candidate for president. This was before the Vegas debates. We had the S&P 500 hit a record high two and a half weeks ago. And we had the Fed come out with their minutes from their previous meeting saying everything's looking great for economic outlook for 2020. Two and a half weeks ago. And here we sit now with all of us going, holy cow, we don't know what's going to happen economically. We don't know what's going to happen to the market. We don't know what's going to happen in our jobs. Are we going to be working from home? Are our kids' schools going to close? People are throwing out all sorts of ideas. What are you doing? Man, this has changed quickly. You can call in. It's 404-872-0750. would love to engage with you on a practical level. Again, 1-800-WSB-TALK, because this show is about you. It's not primarily about me guessing what's going to happen in the market. Enough people are doing that. It's not primarily about just saying, how can we increase your return over the next few weeks? It's really about how are you taking all of the craziness of the world that's going on? How does that filter down to your specific situation? And what can you do to make forward progress, even as we live with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear right now? Again, that number is 404-872-0750. What are you doing or thinking about doing in response to this in your finances, in your world? I'll tell you what, two and a half weeks ago, I've been pondering this whole idea of how quickly things can change. Friends, we're on the longest bull market in history. We're still there. We haven't seen the world end yet. We haven't seen a 20% drop. The, the change from a bull market to a bear market officially would be if we saw a 20% drop from our most recent high. And we have not seen that as of yet. What we've seen is a little over 10%. We went into correction territory. We're still in the bull market, right? Longest bull market in history, and it's been so long, and I've noticed this with clients, where clients will come in and I'll ask them, how have your investments been doing? How do you feel about investing? And most of us, most people say, I feel pretty good about it. And then when they start telling me how they feel about it, it's the last three years. Most of us, our time horizon for our investments is not, well, over the last 20 years, this is kind of my return over time. No, our time horizon is, 
how have I been doing the last two to three years? So if I came to you in 2010, for instance, and said, how are you doing with your investments? How are you feeling about them? You would say they're miserable. You'd say everything fell apart. 2008, I lost all this money. 2009, I mean, things are really bad. If I came to you at the end of last year in December and said, how are you feeling? Even if you were invested the exact same way, you might be like, well, I'm kind of an investment genius. I made 30% in the market this year. The year before, I didn't do quite as well, but the year before that was fantastic. So overall, last three years, I'm doing pretty great because we have a short-term mindset. We'll talk about short-term. We're in a 10-year bull market, and in two and a half weeks, we go from incredibly rosy, strong economic outlook, new highs in the market, everything feeling like yeah, we're going to have a great 2020. It's, it's all moving forward. And the president, honestly, bank a lot of re-election hopes on the strength of the economy. And in two and a half weeks, most of that is in shambles, or at least it's a huge question mark. I don't mean the economy is going to collapse. I don't mean the market's going to go into some sort of tailspin beyond where it, I don't know. But I do know that the whole conversation has changed and it changed so quickly. And I want to pause on that for a second. That again, let's not get so hung up on the specifics of this situation, though it is very unique for certain reasons we'll get into. Specifically, it's unique because we don't have the same way of ca the countermeasures we had, for instance, in 2008 with lowering significantly the Fed lowering interest rates, us pouring money into companies, uh, and then what we call quantitative easing, which was the Fed literally buying just pouring trillions of dollars into buying bonds to, to prop up the economy. It's a little different when we're talking about a virus. In fact, a, an expert, quote unquote, in the Wall Street Journal last week was quoted as saying, we could drop interest rates to zero. We can stimulate, you know, give as much money as we want. It doesn't stop the spread of the virus. So yes, there are some unique things about this virus, but, but that being said, the speed at which this happened is a great thing for us to pause and just reflect on, that life changes that fast. And do we have a plan in place for that? Because literally, a lot of us have been going for a decade with things going pretty well. We get used to hearing we've hit new records. We get used to hearing unemployment is incredibly low. We get used to hearing inflation isn't bad. It's, it's going up pretty slowly. We get used to hearing that we have historically low mortgage rates. And all that is in our favor, and we feel great about that. And it took two and a half weeks to make most people that I'm talking with start freaking out about this. That's how quickly this can turn around. And that is the incredible challenge of planning. Because planning requires us to sit and go, I know I don't feel this. I know I haven't experienced this in a decade, but the unexpected could come in a flash. Am I ready for that? I don't just mean talking about planning in the market. I mean your overall financial plan. Were you ready for things to turn around? And this is a great indicator for all of us, a good diagnostic check to say, were we ready for something this quick to hit? Because that's how life actually works. And we all know that but it's hard to remember it. Hey, let's go to the phones. We have Joy on the line. Joy, thanks so much for calling the Chris Burns Show. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. What are my your thoughts? My question is, yeah. I was investing my money and allocating in different areas, and I sold a couple of things, so I wanted to have that cash to invest, and now here I am. <laughs> so the sure. PEs are very high, even though the market dropped some. Would you suggest that I just wait for a while to invest, or do I just go ahead and do it all now? What would you suggest? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Joy. Thank you for that. So here, here's the problem 
that we all face when we sit in this kind of a situation. And this is why mm -hmm. when I do investing with people personally, it's, it's very disciplined and systematic for this one reason is that no one knows when we've hit a, the low, right? Yeah. And so you've heard mm -hmm. of buying the dip, obviously. It's like, oh, things are down, I'll buy. But what if you buy and then the next week things drop significantly more? Then you're right. living with this anxiety the whole time of is now the time to get in and is now the time to get in. And then once you, uh, on the flip side of that, it's like a lot for a lot of people, not for you because you already were out randomly in some ways, but for a lot of people, it's do I get out now and they don't feel comfortable. And the flip side of it is, okay, is now the time to get back in. And on both sides of that, often mm -hmm. we end up losing because it's, mm -hmm. it's subjective and nobody could get that right based on knowledge. It's not a knowledge right. issue. It's not an intelligence issue. It's the fact that nobody knows what the market's going to do. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And so I think getting out, that's just fortuitous that it happened to happen when, you know, when it happened for you. But in terms right. of getting back in, I mean, because you're already out at this point, my tendency for folks who are out right now is to say, I would rather you miss a little bit of the growth that you might experience if you get in just the right time and say, you know what, let me just kind of see how the next few days play out, how the next week plays out. Because a lot of the things we're hearing from epidemiologists and infection specialists is this is not, we, we don't really have our arms around yet the extent mm -hmm. of this. And so if it gets significantly worse, having a little more liquidity isn't a bad thing for you. Um, right. And you don't have to hit it just on the right day. So my advice to you would be kind of, let, let's see what the next week to two weeks look like. Um, but that's very different advice, for instance, than the person that's been in the market for quite a long time and hasn't pulled any money out of the market at this point who's asking the same question. So just because you happen to be out right now, I would say, right. let's look at the next few weeks and see what comes. Enjoy. Okay, that Thank sounds you so great. Much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your call. But again, that doesn't mean that if you're someone who is sitting in the market right now that you should go, okay, I guess I should sell and get out and then wait for a few weeks and get back in. It really comes down to something very difficult, which is, do you already have the right level of risk in place? Are you already sitting at a place in terms of your risk that you can maintain that? We're going to go to John and Lithia Springs. John, thanks so much for calling the Chris Burns Show. Hi. Hey, uh, about five years ago, I got into this, the market, I guess, through mutual funds. I have a diversified portfolio. Sure. Um, it's not much money. I just started um, getting into investing in, in 401s and saving. So um, I'm not making any changes at okay. all. I listen. I listen to advisors and uh, really believe now's the time to stay the course. I, I actually want to invest more now, but I am going to wait just a little bit. Um, hmm. I'm going on vacation in two days. I'm flying overseas. I'm not making ch changes to my plans. I made these a few months ago, and I'm off. Here I go. And let me ask, John, in terms of how the risk level you selected, did you spend a good amount of time? How did you pick the risk that you're at with those mutual funds? And I mean the percentage of equities versus bonds and fixed things like that. I went mostly aggressive, uh, mostly mutual funds. Um, there are some lower risk. I tried to diversify in a way of growth, growth and in income, uh, international, and uh, more of an aggressive style mutual fund. But I've held to that. I didn't go into bonds or treasuries. Okay. Uh, well, I, again, I appreciate you just explaining where you're at, which is, hey, you know what? I've decided I've picked where I'm at, and I'm going to stick with it. Uh, and just kind of ride this out at this point. Absolutely. From listening to programs like yours 
I mean, I know enough to know not to freak out and make these significant changes because it's all on impulse at this point, I believe. And so I'm staying the course and uh, I'm just waiting to invest a little more. I'm kind of itchy about doing it now. Um, I kind of want to, but I'm going to wait a little bit. I'll go on vacation first, I guess. All right. Well, enjoy your vacation. Thanks so much, John. I think John uh, makes a good point that right now, if you make a change, often it's because of your gut. But I want to dig a little deeper into what he just said, which is this concept of um, I've heard a lot of experts say you shouldn't make any changes. Let me disagree with those experts for a moment. I don't think the answer is necessarily not to make any changes. I think the real answer is don't make any changes if your risk is at the right place. And we'll dig into that right after the break. Can't get enough of Chris? Follow him on Twitter at CWBirds for more. Welcome back to the Chris Burns Show. The number is 404-872-0750. Thankful for the folks who've already called in answering this specific question. What are you doing? How are you responding to the incredibly complex and ever-changing coronavirus situation with your specific situation? What are you doing? Are you changing your investments? Do you have friends and family that are doing that? We just talked with somebody, and I want to clarify a point. We just talked with John. John said, hey, look... I don't have a lot of money invested, and, and this is the key when you hear people call in, is that we don't have the time to get deep into their context, where j- just be careful not to superimpose what they're saying over your situation, because there's so much about their situation you don't know, and that's actually true. Trust me. There are unique things to your situation that are going to make it different than other people, but it's still helpful to hear. John said, look, I've heard all these experts talking and saying, don't be rash, don't panic, don't make any major changes. And so that's what I'm doing. And on the one hand, I want to applaud him and say, yes, that is a healthy way of thinking about this, that I shouldn't be reactive. I shouldn't go with my gut. I shouldn't make some sudden change. That's healthy. On the flip side, where is it healthy to make a change right now? Because I think if we miss part B of this, if we don't talk about where it actually does matter to make a change and we just say, it's fine, just stay exactly as you are, here's the problem. I don't know how you are. (laughs) What if you are invested terribly right now? Should you stick with that just because sticking with it is the right answer? And on the flip side, maybe you're invested really well, but you feel so much anxiety that you go, you know what, I'm getting out regardless. I just can't afford any more of the anxiety. Because it's been a pretty crazy few weeks to give you a feel. The Dow this last week, Monday, was up 1,200 points, almost 1,300. Tuesday, down almost 800. Wednesday, up almost 1,200. Thursday, down close to 1,000. Friday, down another 300. It's been a crazy week. And a lot of you looked at that. I tweeted that out. A lot of you said, well, we're actually net up a little bit. Yeah, but not if you go two weeks. If you go two weeks, things look rough. Okay? The market has dropped a good bit. Now, If you sit and go, where were we last time the market was here, you can just look at last year. So overall, we've had so much growth in the market that none of us should be sitting and going, it's the end of the world, because if you've been in the market for a few years, you've had so much growth, this has not taken us back to some sort of terrible level. But where should you make a change? You should make a change if you have not looked at your risk and your risk doesn't line up with where you're going, with where your plan is trying to take you. For instance retirement, right? So if you're in your 60s right now 
and you look at your 401k and you've got significant levels of risk. And by risk, I just mean look at the percentage of your dollars that are in equities. Let's make this super simple. Take a minute and just say, how much of my money is in equities? If 80, 90% of your money is in equities right now and you're three or four years from retirement, that is too aggressive for the vast majority of people. So it might be time for you to pull back on that, but not because the coronavirus is here, because that's what you needed to do anyway. And so maybe you do need to make a change, but the change isn't because of the short-term reality we're living in. The change is to get you to a healthy place so you don't have to keep doing this every time the unexpected happens. Friends, whether it's the coronavirus or something geopolitical or you losing your job, the unexpected will come. Change if you need to. Make sure you're ready for things you can't plan for. Check out dynamicmoney.com to get started on a financial plan built for life. We're not panicking here at the WSB studios. I am making all my producers wear face masks and sanitary gloves. And um, I had this happen yesterday. So I was at my, my daughter's birthday parties yesterday. And I was just sitting thinking, how long are we going to be doing this? Because I'm in this crowded room. Right? There's, there's hundreds of kids running around one of those trampoline places. Uh, all the parents are coming in. I'm doing the, you know, we're, we're greeting all the parents. We're saying hello. And he just didn't know. First of all, I've never seen so much hand sanitizer in my life. Purell must be through the roof right now. There's hand sanitizer every single corner of this place. But as the parents are coming in, I'm sitting and going, do I do I shake hands? Do I not shake hands? Do I do like a the elbow bump? And then when the random person would reach out to shake your hand, you kind of wonder, is this a good idea or not? The whole thing has my... Uh, my, my normal activities thrown in, and, and obviously none of that matters compared to, I've had people respond on Twitter. I'll be talking about the impact of the virus on the market and people will respond with, yeah, well, all you care about is the market. You don't care about human lives being lost. Of, of course, the primary issue here is human lives being lost. Of course, no one gives a rip about their 401k if they're about to die. And so that is the most important thing is that we understand and we contain and we hopefully see a positive outcome as positive as possible with as few people infected, of course. But to ignore the impact and the ripple effects this has across the board for all of us would be stupidity. So let's take a minute and really think about what are we doing to respond to this? And is how we're responding helpful? If you want to jump in on that, the number is 404-872-0750. That's 1-800-WSB-TALK. What are you doing to respond to the coronavirus or your family are you seeing responses that you think are outrageous or do you think it's right in line? I would love to know how you're responding and specifically, what are you doing with your finances? Because a lot of folks have a lot of questions right now about how should I respond? And here is the incredibly challenging part of this is that we will see this continue to develop over the next few weeks and nobody knows the full impact yet. Nobody knows. And the market likes nothing less than uncertainty. It hates uncertainty. And so this idea that we don't know what's going to happen drives the market crazy. As we sit right now, in the last 10 trading days, the S&P 500 is down 11%. That puts it in correction territory. Any 10% drop from its most recent high is a correction. If we got to 20%, that would be moving into a bear market. We're nowhere near that yet, but the volatility we experienced last week was 
remarkably high. We haven't seen volatility like this since 2008. That doesn't mean the outcome will be the same as 2008 in any way, shape, or form. And I want to talk about that for a second. As you see people make predictions here, I've read a lot. I've read numerous different infectious disease experts, epidemiologists. Um, I've watched the press conferences with the CDC. Certainly seen politicians' responses, and you are seeing thoughts from all across the board about what this will look like. And some of them are scary, right? When you start reading people saying, "Well, we're going to see this explode," and we're going to see. Um, you know, I read one person and very reasoned, they weren't freaking out. They just said the reality is with this kind of a thing, we're going to see it spread across the country and most of us are going to know somebody who's died and da 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 And I was like, holy cow, you know, it, it was far more intense than certainly what I had expected as I was reading. And then I read other people and they say, well, there's going to be, we just have to make changes, but we're going to be able to mitigate this. And if you look at uh, Hong Kong right now, they've been able to do a fairly good job of containing the virus and we can do the same thing. And I liken it to what we do in the financial world because I shockingly am not someone who's an infectious disease expert. I know nothing about this, but I do know about what we do in the financial world. Here's what we do. We sit down and we do income planning with people. And income planning is a core part of how you look to retirement. And when we do income planning, we take all of your information, so everything about your financial world, from your investments, your insurance, et cetera, and then we add all these variables. We add, well, what kind of inflation do we think you're going to experience? What kind of growth are you going to experience in the market? And when you take all that and put it together, then it spits out here as a projection of what your money's going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years. And what I always have to tell people as we create those is just remember this is a mathematical formula. Okay, we're literally just adjusting variables and creating a mathematical formula. We're using the most conservative estimates we can, but let me show you where this is where this can go wrong fairly quickly. And where it goes wrong is forgetting the reality of what we call behavioral economics. Okay, behavioral economics are a massive part of the reality of your retirement plan. If 50% of planning is getting the numbers right and seeing scenarios and making wise decisions, the other 50% is how you respond as you encounter the real, the reality of life. That's behavioral economics. And so, for instance, I might run an analysis that says, hey, look, if this were to happen, and we'll throw out some terrible thing, if a 2008 type event were to happen and you lost 40% of your money and you had to keep spending at this rate and inflation was going up, you would run out of money by 86 years old. And the person sitting with me might go, holy cow, that's terrifying. And some advisors take that as a way to, to freak people out. And that's how they get business. They go, yeah, you're in terrible shape. You better move your business to us. Okay. The reality, however, is we don't always mention this. We should. Advisors should always talk about this. The reality is behavioral finance. In other words, if you saw a 40% drop in the market and you were pooling money from the market every day, every month, every you know few months to live on, and you saw that money dwindling, would you just continue to pull the exact same amount out no matter what? Well, no. You would change your behavior based on what was going on, which changes the whole equation. And that is the one corollary that I can bring to this, is to say people that I've talked with that seem like they have an idea what they're talking about, that have, have looked into this, have read about it, and none of us know exactly what it's going to look like, 
What we're missing is the behavioral piece. In other words, what would change if we started seeing this blow up? And the fact is, we would make changes to our lives. I probably wouldn't have a birthday party at a jumping gym. I probably would have my employees working from home. A lot of folks are already moving in that direction. So I would travel less. I would cancel spring break plans. I would, okay, over, right? We would make changes to your life in response to what's going on. And some of what you see out there right now assumes that you're not making changes. It just looks at it mathematically. And I think it's important for all of us just to pause and go, hey, look, there's a reality that we will change the way we live based on what we're seeing going on. That doesn't mean we're not going to see a spread, but I'd be very careful right now on both sides of this issue. The one side is I hear a lot of people going, this is going to be global catastrophe. I would be very careful about saying that, A, because it spreads panic, And panic causes reactivity inside of us, and that's where we go sell all the stock we own at an 11% discount right now because it's down 11%. That's not going to help you probably long term. Very few people should be doing that right now. But that anxiety causes us to do it, and the anxiety often is pushed by this overwhelming fear and panic scenario. On the flip side, folks that right now are saying everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. This is all overblown. It's all some sort of you know, plot from some other country. It's biological warfare. I don't know. I hear all these conspiracy theories about what could be going on. The reality is that neither of those, neither of those extremes is going to be helpful right now because the everything's going to be terrible side doesn't account for the reality of change and behavioral change in order to contain this. And the flip side saying everything's going to be fine. You don't need to worry about it doesn't cause us to take this seriously and perhaps make changes that are needed, even if it's not necessarily for this situation. So again, if all this situation does for you in your life right now is make you sit and go, you know what? I didn't expect anything like this. Two and a half weeks ago, everything felt fine. Suddenly everything's not fine. And I'm realizing I've never made a plan to deal with the unexpected. Then this is a huge moment for you. And you should make changes. And those will certainly help in the short term, but they'll help a lot in the long term. Because let me ask you, over the next 20 years, are you going to experience a lot of unexpected? Of course. Of course you are. And that unexpected will go everything from your personal life and how you're living in your job and your health out to your family, out to the world around you, out to our country and our politics, out to how our country relates to other countries, and certainly to disease and things like that. And and so many different levels of things that are outside of our control. So when we do planning, the whole purpose of planning is to say the unexpected will come. And even though it feels like it won't, because we've had 10 years of relative safety and security and feeling fairly good about everything, even though it feels like maybe now we're actually hitting some sort of stride that's never going to end, we know that's not true in our heads, but we behave as though it's true sometimes. And so maybe this, unfortunately, and it is sad that it takes this kind of a thing, maybe this is the impetus for us to say, you know what, I can't pretend that life's not going to happen. I have to take look around, take an honest view of my situation. What changes would I need to make? And it's not just market changes. 
right? Maybe you need to reduce your risk in the market. Maybe you need to increase your risk. It's based on your situation, how close you are to retirement, and how much you've been intentional about looking at this. But it, it covers all of your financial world as well. It covers how you look at insurance. I had a client I talked to this week who was trying to add an umbrella policy to their insurance so they'd have protection covering over beyond what their car insurance and their homeowner's insurance limits would allow them. And that's a brilliant and important thing to do. We talk about it with every single client. Why? Because as unlikely as it is that you're going to get sued for $2 million, having that umbrella policy in place to protect you when the rest of your coverage falls short could be the difference maker for your retirement. And thinking that way, though it feels morbid and it's like, I don't want to think about something terrible happening. I don't want to think about an accident. I don't want to think about somebody dying and having life insurance. I don't want to think about if the market crashes. We don't like thinking about these things. And yet when we create a plan that says, I'm assuming the worst could happen, then I have so much peace knowing there's already a solution there. And how many of us right now are sitting and looking at what's going on and going, oh my word, I just wish I had thought about this three weeks ago, four weeks ago, last year <laughs> at my HR meeting when we were talking about our 401k allocations, whatever. Well, let me just tell you, there's no reason to sit in this right now and go, wow, it is what it is. I'm stuck. I just hope it works out. The answer right now is to be intentional and say, you know what? I haven't done everything I wanted to do. It's not perfect. I wish I could go back and change it, but I can't. I'm sitting here as it is now. But what changes do I need to make now so that going forward, I can be as prepared as possible for the unexpected, not just for maximizing growth, not just for feeling good about and excited about I'm going to have a great retirement, but really thinking through what are bad things that could happen and how can I craft my plan so that flexibility becomes a core essential to what I'm doing so that when the unexpected comes that I could never have planned for, I can pivot and change and shift and it doesn't wreck the direction that I'm going in. Have questions for Chris? Hit him up on Twitter at CWBirds. All right, somebody asked me, did I actually jump at my daughter's birthday party in the trampoline? No. No, are you kidding me? But if I jump now, I get sick so quickly. The nausea, I don't know what happened. I had like flipped the switch when I became an adult. The trampolines now destroy me from a dizziness perspective. So no, no I didn't jump. But I did bump elbows with 300 parents. So anyway, it was good. Um, what do we do? Here we sit, 11% down on the S&P. We're in correction territory. We don't know what's coming. Nobody knows what's coming, regardless of what they say. We sit with uncertainty. How do we handle this? Let's talk about very quickly a subsection of folks listening right now that I know are struggling, and that's people that are close to retirement but feel like they're behind. How many of you right now? Know that you're close to retirement in age. You know that you want to be retired in the next few years, but you feel behind. We got a question from Ken he, online. He wrote, I know I'm behind. I'm close to retirement, dot, dot, dot. Do I become more aggressive? I cannot tell you how many folks I've met with that assume that because they're down and they haven't, they didn't start earlier, they didn't start in their 20s or 30s saving, they're now just starting, they're later in life, they're closer to retirement, and they go, I just need to be aggressive. Here's a dangerous thing. The market has supported that impulse quite well for you over the last few years, right? It's worked out. 
I've had people that I met with a few years ago that said, we're just going to be more aggressive. And I've said, I, I don't think that that's not a healthy way of doing it. But it did work out for them because the market was just exploding. Here is the example of why this is not a healthy philosophy. Because we don't know when two and a half weeks the market's going to drop by 11% in just a few weeks. Nobody knows that. And so I know how tempting it is right now, especially if you're close to retirement and you feel like I need the market to work for me. I don't have any other options, so I'm going to go super aggressive. And yet the same thing works in reverse, which is if you go super aggressive right now, it could lose even more money than you had in the first place. So you already felt bad. Now it's compounded by the market being down, which is why we don't base how we respond in the market to the short-term reality that we're in, we say, look, how close am I to retirement? Whether I'm 35, I'm 55, I'm 65 right now, and that determines the amount of risk we can bear. It's not based on our gut. It's not based on, oh, wow, I made a mistake. I should have been more aggressive or less aggressive, or I should have saved more. It's based on here I sit today. How close am I to where I need to be? And then what kind of risk can my plan handle. And that's why it's so critical that, as one caller said earlier, we move outside of our gut and we start looking at real data about this. Because when we just go, you know what, I'm going to be super aggressive because I have to be, and the market drops, guess who the first people are that pull out of the market usually? Those folks that reactively became aggressive because they felt anxiety in the first place. So base your risk on your proximity, how close you are to retirement not in anything else, because that is the key for staying in long-term. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Missed any part of the show, just go to dynamicmoney.com. And remember this, your life and your future are so much more than money.